You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Over by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome to the final episode of Dear Multi-Hyphenate in the year 2020. Happy holidays, everyone. I hope that you are celebrating and eating and drinking and you're merry and lighting the menorah and doing whatever you kids do in the holidays. My, 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 it has certainly been a year of discovery and storytelling and growth and heartbreak and disappointment and excitement and passion and every single emotion that I think the human uh, psyche can experience. I think we all experienced them this year. And what's wild is we have to acknowledge our privilege of being able to to create anything in general in any moment in this time. I am so privileged to have listeners and supporters and my boyfriend and my family and co-creators, Broadway Podcast Network. I'm emotional just thinking about it. We all went on this journey that was 2020 together we are going to be forever changed we will always be talking about this year we will always be recovering from this year Uh, the earth will always feel what happened this year so what i'm going to take into 2021 is exactly that exactly what i experienced exactly what i learned and it's time to find the positivity again It's time to acknowledge that we did grow. We're still a community. We're still learning. And life is going to... Life is going to go back to some semblance of normalcy. Again, we'll forever be changed. But we're at least going to... We're going to be back in the theater soon. We're going to be living our life just how we're used to. I know it. And it's going to be soon. And I'm so glad that I was able to distract you for a second with my episodes of successes and setbacks. Everyone's stories from Rachel Brosnahan to Michael McElroy to Randy Graff 
to Tanya Pinkins. I mean, I've had such incredible, incredible guests on this show, and I'm forever thankful. I think we have to understand that around this time, we're going to be seeing a lot of people posting on social media their successes, their journeys, and we're going to be comparing ourselves. But don't do that. Comparison is the theft of joy. Remember that we all went through a collective trauma, and the fact that we are even existing is something to be proud of. So support each other, applaud each other, pat each other on the back, but remember that just even being able to listen to a podcast, writing a poem, going on a streaming service and watching a Broadway show or watching something on Netflix, it's, that is just as important. So good job. You made it through 2020. And I'm proud of you. I think we need just that. I think we just need someone to say that. I'm, I'm proud of you. You know what I mean? It's, that's nice to hear. Anyway, I am so excited for this episode. This is Carly Valancey. Carly Valancey found the Reach Out Party. She is a multi-hyphenate who found a really, really exciting way to sort of transition into a part of her career that really, really helps people connect. She is a people lover and you can hear that when she talks i'm really excited for you to get inspired by our conversation i was and you can work with her so listen to the episode find out ways to work with her and you can also find out more information on my instagram dear multi hyphenate at dear multi hyphenate or at the michael kushner and i'm also on tiktok at the michael kushner you know, trying to do what the cool kids do and make fun videos that are full of inspiration and stories and all that good stuff. So follow me there. Drop me a message. Can't wait to do your headshots in 2021. Can't wait to coach with you in 2021. Make you see that you are a multi-hyphenate. And that's what I loved about this year was people, the beginning of the year, I felt people were like, what's a multi-hyphenate? And now people are like, how am I a multi-hyphenate? So the shift from what are you talking about to, oh my God, I totally get that. How can I apply that to my life? That's been really exciting and I love hearing from you. I love hearing your journeys and we're going to keep doing that in 2021 and on and on and on. So enjoy Carly Valancey. Thank you, Broadway Podcast Network for a fabulous year and I'll see you. Well, I'll talk with you all in 2021. Enough with the shenanigans. Let's get on with the show. As always, I start with a quote at the top of every episode. And this one is so exciting to me. <laughs> um, there, will, there will be people who say to you, you are out of your lane. They are burdened by only having the capacity to see what has always been instead of what can be. But don't let that burden you. That is said by none other than Vice President Kamala Harris. 
<laughs> which I think is a great, you hear her laughing right now, but I think <laughs> that that is a great way to introduce my guest for today's episode of Dear Multi Hyphenate. Carly Valancey is a dot connector, performer, facilitator, softball player, and slam poet. She is the founder of the Reach Out Party, a course where individuals with diverse minds and from seemingly disparate industries gather to cultivate connection, community, and collaboration. She's a curious questioner, nuanced communicator, and mind map lover who has experienced the power of reaching out every single business day since July 27th, 2019, and because of it, has found a new world of possibility and new avenues to bring art to artless spaces. Carly shares her image of the world, giving people the strategy to build their creative communities, cultivate connection, and foster belonging so that they can recognize their possibility and impact. I am so excited to welcome Carly Valancey. How are you? Thank you, Michael. I'm doing so well, and you just made my day with that quote. It is... It's the best. <laughs> Fire, right? Fire. Yes. Um, uh, and I wanted to include your, you know, on the on your website, you have your why statement, which I'm a huge proponent of, you know, having your why statement at all times. You don't need to, I'm glad that you, yours is so strong. I'm glad that you posted it on your website. But the why statement, you don't, the way that I teach it is you don't necessarily normally need to post it anywhere just for mm-hmm. you. It's just to make sure that it lights a fire under your ass. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yes. I absolutely love it. I, f- I found that when I, when I found the correct wording for my why statement, I wanted to share it with, with everyone because I think it's just so all encompassing and, and just connects me to it's, it's like the thread that connects through yeah. every, everything I do. Mm-hmm. It just helps you be able to create environments, work with people that see the things that see things the way that you see things. Like that's all it, that's all it really does is it just sort of, it's a map. It's right. It's a, it's a map. So, <laughs> so obviously you are multi-hyphenate and I consider a multi-hyphenate to be an artist who has multiple proficiencies that cross pollinate to help flourish professional capabilities. So how does that, how does that appeal to you? How do you fit there? Well, I was thinking a lot about this question today, and I actually asked a couple close friends and people that I work with now to define the ways in which I'm a multi-hyphenate because I, first of all, I think asking questions just helps me navigate the world. And so when I'm stuck on something, I usually like to ask someone else. <laughs> um, but um, I think that I had trouble with this question because I, I don't see the things that I do as, as, really, as really different because I, I think that they are all so connected. And I think the way that I connect to, to being a multi-hyphenate is, is like the simple idea that I'm obsessed with people. And that is really why, first of all, that's why I found theater. I found theater sort of late, late in, in high school. And most of my theater friends had been doing it since they were super, super young. And I sort of came from, you know, a family that is, there's not a single artist in my family. And um, I was 
playing softball pretty competitively. And, you know, when I found theater, I was just like, I, I don't even, I think I was just so obsessed with the people that I stayed for the people. And um, that's really what is the the sort of guiding light along with my, my why is that um, wherever the people are is where, where I want, I want to be where the people are. (laughs) I want to be where the people are. There it is. (laughs) Now a little, a little tidbit, you know, that's part of your world, but it's also somewhere that's green. Yes, it is. My boyfriend loves pointing that out whenever one of those songs plays. So I'd be remiss if I didn't say it myself. <laughs> I agree with you. I'm a people lover as well. So it's like, yeah, I, <laughs> I'm i a people lover as well. And I think that we have to sort of love people and their stories and their backgrounds in order to do everything that we, we, we do do. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? So no, that's, I love that you um, refer to your collective or your ensemble. If you're looking forward, if, if you need an answer to something, because that's what they're there for. They're there to support you, mm. you, you know? So what are your, um, what are your artist philosophies? What are some of your uh, thoughts and musings of when you create and how do you stay creative? Mm. This is a great question. Well, one of my favorite quotes is a Spike Lee quote. And um, he says, to make a change, we have to tell our story from our perspective. And I think that that's something that I think about all the time uh, as we are storytellers. And I think that being an artist means being among people that I can collaborate with means being among people that I can create with, that I can be creative with. And I think being an artist is, it's hard because when I was in school and when I sort of started my, my career pre COVID in New York city, it was really um, being a performer is not a full-time job for anyone. Um, And it, it's really just a not sustainable, not a sustainable career. Um, and so I had this I- idea that I just, I really just wanted to be a full-time artist because I think there's something so beautiful about being an artist has so many different uh, definitions and directions. And so being a full-time artist felt like something that I could do forever and ever and ever in different iterations. And so I think so long as I'm telling my story from my perspective and listening to other stories from their perspectives, I am an artist. So being an artist is, I think, the most important and the coolest thing that we as human beings can do. And there's so many people that are like, oh, I don't, I, I don't, I I don't know how you do it. I'm not an artist. I don't have anything like, yes, you do. And, you know, I think that the uh, quote that you just said, that Spike Lee quote, it's that sort of proves it's like that art comes from our personal stories, our journeys. And as long as you tackle anything, you know, I, there's a reason why this quote is very, very, uh, it's said often, but you know, what is Sondheim? saying in as what is Sondheim right in um Sunday you know it's anything mm-hmm. you do then it will be new let it come from you that's and right that's, my favorite musical oh it's your favorite minus Lee Miz. Okay. Miz love yes <laughs> love 
another thing another thing you said is that you know you wanted to be an artist full time and and acting isn't and it's like you know you've studied you you study with Jen Waldman who is an incredible multi hyphen in our industry and and then there's Mark Price to two Ithaca grads who I love and I went to Ithaca as well and Mark Price would always say how he would treat auditions as like one man shows like you know five minute one man plays that he could put on right. and that's and that is an incredible way to look at things. I think any sort of way that we look at auditioning or look at when we're when we're actors full time can weigh on us because my right. God, is it hard, you know? And not only is it hard and not sustainable in the way that, you know, it, every job ends, <laughs> but also it as a lifestyle I, I think that I've spent a lot of my adult life sort of uh, unpacking and dismantling the belief that I'm always going to be scrounging for money and that I'm always, you know, going to have to live my life thinking paycheck to paycheck. And and the mindset of being an artist, be, the mindset of being an actor is one that I did not want to, to live. And so I I thought, you know, if I could take on this mindset of being an artist, you could make money being an artist. And also that making money is, is like a beautiful thing. And, um, you know, I think as a, as an actor and as a woman, I've had to really, I've really struggled with the idea of, um, raising my standards of what I am worth and how to seek work and create my own work. That is what I'm worth. It's beautifully said. And, you know, you said you're unpacking and dismantling, but you're literally also unpacking, like constantly packing. (laughs) You know what I mean? You are literally packing and unpacking every other month. If you get the gig to go out on tour, to do a show at this regional theater, like, Mm -hmm. I mean, the roots, like you're constantly unearthing yourself, constantly unearthing yourself, which then it takes however long it takes for you to get regrounded in that space. And by the time you get acclimated, it's time to go back and then you have to get reacclimated. It is a, It is, it can be exhausting. And these are things that we can talk about so openly and we understand this, but for that same person that kind of goes, I don't know how you artists do it. I'm not artists. Those, they've never had those conversations. It's not, you know, that's not a part of their vocabulary. We live a very, very, very weird, bizarre life and I wouldn't change change it for anything, but there is a way to find stability in it. And that's, I think, what you and I are both doing in this way of really honing in on artists' needs and and serving purposes and creating tools that other people can hire us to do because it is good to have money. Yes. And... There's such a beautiful thing about recognizing the potential for creativity you have. And when I was living with that, you know, solely actor's mindset where I was an actor, you know, when I was lucky enough, but mostly I was a barista, like, let's be real. Um, when I was sort of living in that mindset, first of all, I spent so much of my time working at the coffee shop 
thinking about the time I was wasting working at the coffee shop, you know, and I found that I wasn't really able to exercise my creativity in the, the most, the, the best way I could, because I was constantly, you know, having to worry about chasing my tail. And there's something so beautiful about this idea of, of bringing art to artless spaces, of working with people who aren't creative and bringing that creativity to them um, that allows you to exercise your creativity and become an artist in ways that you didn't think were possible. Right. It's amazing. It's, I mean, it, art, I love the whole idea of art in artless spaces because there really is. You know, <laughs> There's a whole and- world out there. <laughs> I know there's a whole world out there, but I was like, you know, I'm watching CNN and I'm watching, um, you know, the whole uh, election go down and I'm like, Mm -hmm. that is an artful space because of the way that they grab you by the kishkes and they, and they don't let go. And they're going, we have a key race alert right when right after these messages, I'm like, okay, but the key race alert is important. So can we actually not, and it, and they really know how to create a, a story with an arc, you know, yes. and it's, yes, and, do. and in the moment too, it's really, it's really brilliant. So, you know, we might think of that as like an artless space, but it's not. What to you is an artless space? An artless space is a space with potential for art that mm-hmm. that doesn't have well I think all all spaces have some sort of art to them because most teams let's say in the corporate world or um in universities I've been working with a lot of of universities and talking to to people in like the tech startup world for example. Mm-hmm. There's art there because they're collaborating, because they're thinking of new ideas and executing, because they're having an impulse and taking an action. It's, it is artful. Yeah. I think an artless space is, is an artful space that doesn't have a necessarily creative thinker in there. I think there is, when there, when you have too many of, the same people with the same education or the same background or the same ideas, there's, there's such a, a missing, there's missing potential there. And so, I mean, I think that's true in life, you know, to to have the best tables, to have the most diverse table in, in every way. And so what's, what's been so fascinating for me in, going into artless spaces is feeling like I have this secret Mm. formula or this magic Mm. or these ideas that people are thinking, Oh my goodness, we didn't, you know, we didn't think about it in in that way. And it's made me really think that I think artists are magicians, people who identify themselves as artists. We are absolute magicians. And to recognize that is a power. I think that it's beautiful as well. And when, when, if I'm ever I'm working with someone that sort of doubts it and I go, okay, well, fine. You want something more factual? And typically they go, yeah. And I go, let's look at it scientific, scientifically. We have potential and kinetic energies, right? We have the ball at the top of the hill, potential energy. I could kick this down the hill. 
Mm. I kicked the ball down the hill. It is now kinetic energy. It is now momentum. It is now actually creating something. It is creating speed. It is creating energy. It is, well, it's not creating energy. Energy cannot be created or destroyed regardless, but it is creating speed. And then people are watching it say, look at the ball go down the hill. And it is, (laughs) you know, it's running over blades of grass. So it's affecting things that it's running. So if we look at it that way, if we look at, if we look at what we do as artists as potential and kinetic energy, I think people are more, uh, are, are able to sort of be willing to bite the bullet and create something because mm-hmm. um, now there, now there's like a science involved, right? Think about it. Great. That's potential energy. We have the potential to do something, but then the kinetic energy is you actually starting to map out your ideas, journaling, whipping out your computer, taking yes. out, taking out the camera, taking, you know, taking out the pad, taking, whatever it is, uh, someone out for lunch or coffee or um, setting up a Zoom. Um, Something that's so beautiful about this time that I would like to bottle for the future is the idea of having, having that impulse and having the ability and space to take action I think that's such an important thing when you're when you're talking about creating a practice or a habit um, or really just trying to stay creative during an isolating time. It's having that impulse and taking an action. And if you can do that over and over and over again, that will be your default. Yes. Yes. That's beautifully said. That is beautifully said. So Talk to me about creating. Um, I notice also, like I say, talk to me a lot. I, I, don't, know, I don't know where it came from, but no. like that's my like transition thing. It's like talk to me about this, talk to me about that. But um, so talk to me about. I'm such a goober. Uh, I want to know more. It's like saying like now, right? I, I love. It. Well, I, it's. Good. I think it works because I'm like literally here to talk to you. I know, so. right? Yeah. So, <laughs> and I'm like guiding you in the in the conversation because <laughs> it's like, what is happening sometimes? Um, conversation and communication is bizarro. It is, yeah. especially over Zoom because I've talked about this once before. But like, you know, I was with, talking with my therapist, and I, I was like, why don't you do Facetimes? Why don't you do Zooms? And she was like, well, well, you know, it's just. Uh, it's, you know, she, she would say just, I think phone is better, but I'm an empath. And, um, after every zoom conversation and, or like FaceTime or something like that, like with someone, I'm always exhausted because my body thinks that I'm with someone physically, but I'm not. So the energies are not like the human in-person energies are not being transferred. So our Mm. bodies as empaths are working overtime. That's why we're exhausted. That's why Zoom fatigue is real because our energies are working overtime. Because if you were to shift your weight, if you were to like do something with your foot, if you were to put your hand on your hip, I would be able to register if you're pissed at me, if you're, um, (laughs) if, if you're uh, sensitive, if you're uh, feeling attacked. If you're feeling excited, I'd be able to tell all of that stuff, but right. I can't, I can't. So that's why my therapist is like, eh, phone is better. <laughs> <laughs> but, and, but that's something we have to pay attention to. I think when the, because theater ultimately is going to make a huge shift and so we're going to see so many things 
happen on screen digitally, mm. we have to keep that in mind. Absolutely. Especially when creating art in artless spaces, which I love. I want to know something about your bio because you said you you have experienced the power of reaching out. Yes, agreed, 100%. Every single business day since July 27th, 2019. What happened on that day? <laughs> okay, so what happened on that day is I was working at the coffee shop. I had just gotten back from this super dreamy contract. I was working in New Hampshire, just like barn feels for five weeks. I was doing the pajama game. I was playing babe. It was just the best. It was the best time. Second pajama game reference I've had today. <laughs> really? What? Yeah. what? <laughs> I know. We were talking about Hal Prince's first production, first producing contract, and it was the pajama game. Well, well, well. I know. Um, I love that. That's so random. Um, so, yes, the pajama game. And it was just the best cast and crew and team. And and I, I was having the most amazing time. I I got my equity card. I was living, living large in a barn. <laughs> and I come back to New York City and I'm like, yes, give me my card. I'm going to auditions whenever I want. And, um, and then I had to go back to the coffee shop and I was steaming milk and I was like, Ooh, that I don't like. I don't like the idea of going back and forth and back and forth. And I feel amazing about myself. So why am I here feeling, you know, shitty about myself steaming milk and making espresso? So, so I, at the same time I had that thought, I had, I had read this book called reach out by Molly Beck and in it, she it's a networking guidebook. It's like a super self-helpy tactical book to building a network and getting a new job. And she was in uh, the tech startup marketing space. So she wrote it for people like her. It's not really a book written for artists at all. And the idea is that if you reach out to one new person every weekday for a whole year, you'll reach 261 people. And I was like, okay, that's good math, first of all. And second uh -huh, of all, curious. that is just something that I could control and that I could hold on to. And I think, you know, as artists, as creative people, we're, you're either, you know, y you're a person who just has a lot of ideas, right? Like a lot of good ideas. There's so mm -hmm. many ideas going around. And I was looking for an idea that I could really make my own. And so it so happened that I was ready, just ready to turn over a new leaf. And I had read this book and I thought, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this every weekday for a whole year. And I started and it was really hard and I hit the dip and I woke up I woke up about an hour earlier than I usually would. So I was waking up, let's say, at like 6 a.m. Um, to reach out. And I put it in my Google Calendar every morning, RO, 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 reach out. And um, after about 30 days, I was able to quit my job 
as a barista and I became a full-time artist like that. I got a job teaching meditation, which I absolutely loved. I was in this awesome 12 piece wedding band, fancy like weddings on the weekends. And then I was working as uh, doing some personal assistant work for uh, this woman that I met on the subway who actually was the executive director of Lincoln Center Library. Um, But it was all through reaching out. So I was able to quit my job. I got three new jobs and a new agent and all of these magical things started happening in my life. I was- Wait, 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 wait. Backpedal. Okay. (laughs) What happened on the subway? (laughs) Okay. So what happened on the subway was- So Andrew Lloyd Webber had a birthday party, okay? It was at Cipriani. And um, my aunt works at Cipriani. And so she was like, Andrew Lloyd Webber's birthday party is tonight. If you want to come, wear all black and you can stand in the back with the caterers. And you're (laughs) you're gonna have to leave early. So like right after Norm Lewis sings, go. And I was like, okay. <laughs> so I sneak in to this party that I'm not invited to or working at. And I'm standing in this corner and Norm Lewis sings. I'm like, that's my cue. He's amazing. Gotta go. So I start going out the door and they're giving away party favors. And the party favors are Andrew Lloyd Webber's memoir, like the big (laughs) book with his face on it. And I was like, I'll take one. They were handing them out. And so I said, oh, yes, please. So I took one and I go down to the subway and I'm just like in a dreamy New York moment waiting for the C train. And um, this woman comes downstairs in a gown holding an Andrew Lloyd Webber book. And she looks at me and I look at her and she's like, did you just come from this event? And I said, yes, I did. Yes. <laughs> and she, we anyway, struck up conversation. We get on the train together. She's going to another event at the Met Gala, which is why she had to leave early. Um, so... Um, so anyway, we're chatting and she's only on the subway for a couple stops. So she says, Oh my goodness, you're such a, like a sweet person. I'd love to, we should grab coffee. Here's my card. And I was like, Oh, thank that. That's great. So I take her card. She gets off the train and I look down and it's like executive director of Lincoln center. And I had all of this imposter syndrome and Mm. fear and all of these thoughts wave over me. Um, And I actually, that happened the year before I waited, I waited nine or 10 months to reach out to her Um, because as humans, we do that. Have you ever been like, Oh yeah, I should reach out to that person. And then for fear of, fill in the blank you don't um no and... no no because i'm <laughs> because i'm annoying as hell and i'm a pusher yeah. i'm a pusher katie that's well, what i do i push people and that's why you're successful in what you do and it took me a long time to get over that no i was i mean it's but that's the thing it's like it could either be there's a balance right and it's like there's the balance of like finding yourself and being able to be like okay. it wasn't so bad to send that email and then there's the like, hello, hello, I'm here. Hello, 
Hello. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Which yes, I think I, <laughs> I teeter more towards. So I think that there's a balance. I think that we can all find a balance. <laughs> I think you're absolutely right. But I certainly got this card and I was like, uh, I'm not right. I'm, I don't know what I, what I would even say. I'd have to come clean and tell her that I wasn't invited to this event. You know, I was just, I was very in my head. I put the card in my dresser drawer and, you know, nine months later I found it and it's sitting there dusty. And I was like, I I had started reaching out and I thought, okay, I can't let that. I cannot, this would be such a missed opportunity if I didn't reach back out and whatever the worst I had this realization that I thought the worst that could happen is she doesn't respond she already like that's already happened if I don't send the initial message so why not um so anyway she gets back to me she's lovely of course I remember you let's grab coffee She's leaving Lincoln Center and she's like, oh, I'm so upset. I'm going to be losing my personal assistant. She just helps me so much. I don't know what I'm going to do. And I said, I would like to raise my hand. And she hired me right there. And it was (laughs) the best. It was the serendipity moment. That's amazing. That's and 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 that's all because of reaching out. And that is a huge tool that no one can give you. I was talking about permission with someone and it's like, there are two versions of permission, right? There's like, no one can give you permission to reach out or like start writing or so, but you have to have permission to like get, you have to get permission to like show up at that place. Like someone asked yes. me for a dressing room project. And I was like, right. no, one, no one gave me permission to like come up with the idea and like, and figure out ways to like get backstage, but in no way could I just show up backstage. I have to get permission. Right. You know what I mean? There are yeah. rules and yes, rules are meant to be broken, but not when you're going to be dragged out by the theater, by the collar. <laughs> you know what I mean? Okay. Yeah. So that's a beautiful story and that's amazing. And proof is in the pudding, right? Like right there. Absolutely. So now, so then talk to me about how you built and what exactly is the reach out party. Yeah. So essentially it started that way where I started sharing stories and anyone who would listen, all my friends, because I became obsessed with it. I was doing it every day and all these amazing things were happening. And I was the catalyst, which as an actor hadn't been my experience so far. You know, it's it's a lot about waiting for other people to let you into the literal audition room or it's, it's there, there are so many versions of gatekeepers and so many rules that, you know, I thought how beautiful is this, that all these fantastic things are happening and it's all me. That's, that is like the best thing in the world. And, um, I started sharing stories. And then after a hundred days of straight reach outs, my entire life looked so different. And it was based on that idea of storytelling and of sharing these stories, hearing these stories and um, encouraging other people to to, to start doing the same. And so I started telling Jen Waldman about it and she was like, what do you mean you've been reaching out for 100 straight days? That's wild. You should, 
you should host like a free event at the studio and we'll invite people and you can tell them about your experience and share some stories and teach them how you did it. And so I really want, I called it the reach out party because I wanted it to be a celebration of community and storytelling and getting together and how, how we can make our, our own inner communities even bigger and, and better. So, um, then that happened and it was, it was amazing. It was just the best thing in the world. And, uh, everybody, sort of grabbed onto it and loved it. And I thought, oh, wow, there's a whole community of artists here who need this work desperately. And Molly, in her book, wrote it not for artists at right. all. I, in fact, I looked back at the book at that time and I was like, I barely recognize this because I really took the practice and put so much storytelling and connecting and you know, these, these ideas that make artists so, so beautiful and, and wonderful into her practice. And so I told her about it and I thought, wouldn't it be absolutely amazing if her and I could collaborate, get artists together, get marketers together, get like tech startups, scientists, who cares? It's for everyone. Like get everyone together and conduct almost like an experiment and see what would happen if we, you know, created this sort of course, Mm -hmm. called it the reach out party, made it feel like a party. I mean, it is a party every day. And we created space for people, space, accountability, inspiration for people to show up every weekday to send a reach out. And that's how the party was born. That's amazing, Carly. That's so great. And that is, it's so, it's, it's amazing. It's like getting on the bicycle, right? Like in order for you to get somewhere, you have to learn how to get on the bike. You have to take your driver's, you know, you have to driver's ed and take your, and get your license to drive in a car. It's like, there should be someone teaching people how to reach out. There is a, there is a science tomorrow night. I'm teaching a press release making class. You know what I mean? Because there is a there is a science to press releases. And now that we're all, we're all, uh, we're all our own producers, you know what I mean? And, you know, I had Ashley Kate Adams on, on the show, um, a few episodes back and I co-teach with her, our own class. Um, and she has a book coming out called Be Your Own Producer, but it's true. We are being our own producers and we have to learn how to reach out, how to draft an email, how to be marketable, how to make a press release, how to set up that Zoom call. There are so many different things. The multi-hyphenate is becoming more and more ingrained. Mm-hmm. It was on a, it was on a slow incline before COVID, <sighs> and now you have to because no one, no one is now. It's like it's it's going up because. There is no space where people are telling you what to do. You have to tell yourself what to do. Everyone is so worried about themselves. No one's worried about you. So, you know, create and do, create and be and do. And, and that's amazing. I'm so glad that you did that. That is so amazing. I really hope that listeners understand that it just is something it, when we're, when we're saying, get out there, do stuff. It is not right. The next American musical right right you will do that eventually but it is literally saying ask someone out for coffee 
you right. know, and like buy a cam, buy a startup camera, like a like a little camera, just figure it out. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, the best thing that I could say is, you know, ask yourself the question, what am I obsessed with? Literally, like literally just follow your obsession. And it's this idea. I think um, it's Anne Bogart's quote. um, You cannot create results. You can only create conditions in which something might happen. And I mean, I'm obsessed with Anne Bogart, but uh, it, that is such a, I think that's so, so true. It's, it's the idea that, you know, we're so focused on what we want to happen. Follow the impulse, create the conditions in which something might happen. Now, question for you, when a session starts for reach out, um, do you have to be a part of the whole session or um, is it daily or is it, how is it structured? Good question. So yes and no, it's, we understand that, I mean, like life is absolutely insane. Um, So each session runs for 27 days. And um, so we start and it goes Monday through Friday, Monday through Friday, um, finishes on a Tuesday. And it's basically structured in a way that's like, Every Wednesdays, we do breakout rooms, and um, every Friday, there's a door prize. Uh, so we, we have a little bit of loose structure to it, um, but basically, it's we have two, sh- two sessions a day for different schedules, and we have some awesome Australians in the crowd, so they come to the evening session, cool. Eastern time. But um, So we have it start at 9.27 a.m. Eastern and 5.27 p.m. Eastern. So wow. you can come to either. You can come to both. You can come twice a week, three times a week. It's None of them are cumulative. So it's cool. really you show up and you get something out of it. And then you also have time to send a reach out and be on your way. So uh, if I wanted to go to that new party guest uh, reach out, where would I go to sign up? Yes. Anything and everything, carlyvalancy.com. Great. And is that where, where do we find you on social media? Yes. Carly Valancey on Instagram. I'm on LinkedIn. Carly Valancey. Amazing. You are, you're so fabulous. And <laughs> I can't wait to follow the journey that is the reach out party and everyone go follow Carly and check out the reach out party and send that email yesterday, okay. today tomorrow send that email carly you're amazing thank you thank you so much for being here and thank you thank you thank you to broadway podcast network thank you to alan to dory to Brittany, to katie and to stan who is the engineer for this episode you all are amazing as always please follow dear multi-hyphenate on instagram that is dear multi-hyphenate on instagram or my personal instagram at the michael kushner for lots of fun, inspiring tidbits and also just like thirst traps, but like whatever. (laughs) Thank you all for listening. Have a great start to your new year and I will see you very soon. Bye. And if you want to work with Carly, guess what? You can. Her new program, New Year, New Network starts Sunday, January 10th. 2021 at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So go to carlyvalancy.com and reach out. Happy holidays, everyone. I will see you in the new year. So much love. Peace out.
Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.